Today we discuss the Islanders' salary cap situation heading into the offseason, and we discuss one move the team absolutely must make no matter who the general manager is. All that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Want to thank everybody for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. And don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or on your podcatcher of choice so you can get new episodes every time they drop. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. We have got a lot to get to on today's show, but first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe a subject you'd like us to discuss on a future episode, feel free to send us an email the email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date throughout this busy offseason on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. Whether it's the draft, free agency, trade rumors, hirings, firings, whatever it is, we'll keep you up to date on Locked on Islanders. All right, so we discussed the front office yesterday. We talked about Lou Lamorello. We talked about Lane Lambert and everydayers. You know the analysis that I put forth. And clearly what happens to Lou Lamorello whether he retires, is told he's not getting a new contract, or comes back, really is going to be the catalyst for whatever happens next during the offseason. But that being as it may, one thing that whichever general manager the Islanders have has to deal with during this offseason is the salary cap. And it's tricky. Because the Islanders, right now, don't have a lot of cap room. And when you don't have a lot of cap room, and you don't have a lot of prospects, and we will, in a future episode, start talking about the farm system and the prospects and how many players will even get a chance next year. So everydayers, make sure you join us for that. But when you don't have a lot of young talent, and you don't have any, you know, a first or third round draft pick, 
And, you know, you, you have a lot of veteran players and not a lot of cap room. You have a, a, an issue on your hands. So I wanted to start talking a little bit about the cap situation. And we still do not officially know what the cap is going to be next year. Uh, the rumor is it will go up by about a million dollars. So the cap ceiling will be approximately $83.5 million. And we'll, you know, we'll let you know as soon as the official word comes in. But here's the deal. As of yesterday... Uh, or was it Monday, excuse me, when the Islanders signed Hudson Fashing to a two-year, one-way deal that is worth $775,000 a year. The Islanders are approximately 77, they have $77.4 million officially with 19 players under the cap. Now, Matthew Barzal and Bo Horvat, their new deals kick in Starting next year, Barzi going to be paid $9.15 million, or that's the cap hit at least. Bo Horvat, $8.5 million. So you have more than $17.5 million wrapped up in those two players. And look, let's face it, that means those guys have to produce. So the Islanders have about... $6.2 million in cap space. We've talked before how it is very likely they will be buying out Josh Bailey. If they buy out Bailey, it, it gives them about $2.6 million, $2.7 million more. So that'll take them up to about, oh, you know, $8.8 million dollars. 8.7, 8.8 in available cap space. But again, it's a little more complicated than that because you have to start subtracting. Uh, you have some unrestricted free agents. You know not all of them are going to be back. We've talked about some of them. Scott Mayfield. Don't know even if they buy out Bailey how the Islanders could afford to give Scott Mayfield three, four million dollars a year. And that's really, the, I think three is even generous. I think three and a half to four million is most likely what Mayfield will get on the open market, maybe even a little more. And even if he gives the Islanders a slight hometown discount, unless they juggle some contracts around and buy out another player or trade away a player or two, it'd be tough to see how the Islanders re-sign Mayfield just because another team will offer him more. And look, let's face it, Barry Trotz is the general manager now in Nashville. You think he doesn't want Scott Mayfield out there? We have that. We have Zach Parise. Even if you pencil him in for another minimum, uh, you know, veteran minimum, 750, 775,000, a dollar a year contract that's taking up a little more cap space. We did yesterday discuss Semyon Varlamov, Varley, probably willing to come back at two, maybe two and a half million, which is two and a half million would be half of what he made the last few years that he was with the Islanders. But 
again, these numbers add up, and all of a sudden, you, you, you're looking at that cap space, which we said was, you know, about $8.8 million. And if, you know, Parise would take you down to $8 million, Varley would take you down to $6 million, you keep going down. Once you're at $6 million, you're not getting a, a, a sniper, a, a top-notch NHL goal scorer for less than that. Uh, so, you know, you'd have to luck into a young guy on an entry-level contract or trade away a big contract in order to free up that space. Parker Wotherspoon, also uh, an unrestricted free agent. Not so sure that he's priority one. He's a useful depth piece. But, again, what are you going to do about, uh, you know, depth on defense is a problem. And if Mayfield departs, it's an even bigger problem. They need a puck-moving defenseman. Parker Wotherspoon is not really that. Maybe Samuel Bolduc, who's returning, could be that. Uh, but you need veterans like Wotherspoon in the organization. So the question is, can you re-sign him? Does he count against the cap if he sent and starts the season in Bridgeport? Again, a lot of juggling, a lot of stuff to figure out. And then you have two restricted free agents, Bolduc being one, and Oliver Wallstrom, who we talked about on yesterday's show, being another. So, again, you're in a situation where if you're able to sign Parise, Varlamov, I mean, Wallstrom is most likely to be back, but again, you're going to have to pay him at least $2.5 million. You're probably going to have to pay Bolduc somewhere between $750,000 and a million to keep him if it's a one-way contract, you're, you're squeezing that last $6 million even smaller, and it really becomes more and more of an issue for the Islanders. Now, you're talking about Wallstrom. I think you're talking about a bridge deal now. Two years, maybe three, $2 million a year, $2.5 million a year, but again, all of that adds up, and... You know, if you don't sign Varlamov, you need to find another backup goalie. Maybe you could save um, half a million to a million dollars by bringing in another backup. But would you be better? And how does that affect Ilya Sorokin? Lots of questions to think over here just before we get to the offseason. And, and this is just the salary cap stuff. So it, it'll be important. We'll see how the Islanders handle it, and whether it's Lou Lamorello or somebody else, this is something the Islanders need to figure out. We have got a lot more to discuss on today's show. We are going to talk about a little more about the cap. We're also going to talk about, you know, some of the, the, the one big thing that whoever the Islanders general manager is, they have to do this offseason. We'll talk about that and a lot more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories, then you need the best-tasting protein bar ever built. You got to try this. If you want to make healthier snack choices but you don't want to compromise on taste, go to Built Bar. They are all covered in 100% dark chocolate, real chocolate. And listen to some of these flavors. Peanut butter brownie, churro, my personal favorite, the cookies and cream, 
and listen to the macros because they're outstanding. Each bar averages just 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, but they pack a whopping 17 grams of protein. And look, you could still go to Built.com and order a Built Bar to be delivered directly to your home. But you know, if you have a craving and you just need one right now, you can go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club and pick up a box in person and eat it right away. So check out Built.com, go to Walmart, go to Sam's Club, pick up the best tasting protein bar ever, Built Bar. You can thank me later. So, the cap. Yeah, the cap. It's not going to be an easy thing for the Islanders to, to negotiate. And the key, in my mind, you get a little bit of cap help if you get some retirements. I mean, that would probably be, you got buyouts, and I think Bailey... Uh, is going to be bought out. And the other issue, obviously, becomes any uh, any other players retiring. And, you know, the Islanders ended this season with a small amount of cap space available. But coming up, do you want Pierre Engvall back? I've heard people say, both things. I've heard a lot of people say yes. I've heard some people say, well, he didn't really show up enough in the playoff series. He had, what do you have? One goal and one assist in the series. To me, here's the thing about Engvall and why I lean towards saying, yeah, I want him back. And that is this. Engvall gives you speed and you don't have enough of it on this roster. So, if you can get Engvall, bring him back, that really would help the team. And just to give you an idea of where he was at, he had a cap hit of $2.25 million this past year. You'd probably take a minimum of $2.5 million to get him back. We'll see if that's an investment the Islanders will, can, or even want to make. Now, he's going to be 27. It's not like he's old. We want this team to get younger. Engvall would help in that regard. But then there's retirement. So here's the thing about retirement. Matt Martin, and he hasn't said he wants to retire. His cap hit next year is only $1.5 million. It's not like, okay, if we trade or if Matt Martin retires, we get this large benefit. It helps. <clears throat> Cal Clutterbuck, next year, $1.75 million. Again, if Clutter, who is 35 going on 36, if he retires, you save a little money. But again, you are losing some of the leadership and some of the chemistry if you do that. I think all things considered, it makes more sense to move on from one or both of those players at this point because the physical style they play does take its toll on this uh, on the body. But, you know, it, it becomes a real question about finding that money and putting it 
to good use. And the putting it to good use part is going to be vital for the New York Islanders. Uh, we'll see. You know, what, if anything, they can do. Anders Lee, I've heard a lot of people say it's time to move on from Anders Lee. Here's the problem. $7 million cap hit, three years left on his contract. Brock Nelson, $6 million cap hit, two years left on his contract. To get Anders Lee, who's going to be 33 next season, and to get a team to take that $7 million a year contract, you're not going to get anything in return. In fact, not anything significant. In fact, the Islanders may have to throw in a draft pick, possibly, to get a team or pay part of that $7 million to get a team to take Lee. Now, if you're paying part of the $7 million, you might be able to get something decent back. If you want a team to take on the whole $7 million, you may have to throw in a draft pick and you may get back a player who's nowhere near uh, as productive, at least over the whole season, as Anders Lee was. So this is not an easy dilemma. And I'll give you this. One reason that the cap situation is the way it is is because of the way Lou Lamorello and, you know, managed the cap. So you, you could talk all you want about, uh, you know, the cap constraining what the Islanders are able to do, and it does, but... You know, who set up the cap this way? For the most part, the answer is Lou Lamorello. And now that you set it up and you've got this problem, you need to find a way out of this dilemma. And if he can't do that, boy, oh boy, is this team going to be in trouble? Because got to get younger, got to get faster, got to get more skilled. And if they can't do that, I'm worried about this team. The players, on the other hand, don't seem to be as worried about this team. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, here's what Matthew Barzal told the Hockey News. I think every year we can be in the playoffs and be a contender. Wallstrom getting hurt this year, but obviously he's going to be a big piece you saw when he was playing just how much fire he brought in at Dobson or Holmstrom next year. I think he's going to step up. And so I think we're still headed in, we're heading in the right direction. It's a lot to ask. It is a lot to ask for this team. It means Barzal stays healthy and picks up his game. It means that Horvat and Barzal get chemistry. It means that Horvat gives you at least 25 to 30 goals and plays, you know, better than he did down the stretch last year. And Bo Horvat had some interesting things to say about the trade and having to move and being away from his family and adjusting to the Islanders' system. And he said it's not an excuse, but it is reality. And we do have to remember that hockey players are indeed people, and they deal with a lot of the same day-to-day -day issues that we deal with. So, can we get more from Bo Horvat in year two? I think we can, but we have to, because $8.5 million, the pace that he scored at this year was not acceptable. I mean, he only made $4.5 this year, and the Islanders only had to pay 
you know, the rest of the year. But, you know, 30 games, 7 goals, 16 points, that's not, you know, that's a 16-goal pace. That's not going to get it done. And one goal, one assist in six playoff games, and we know that goal was the meaningless shorthanded goal at the end of the game, that's not going to get it done. So it, it's a tight squeeze on the cap, and whoever is the GM, whether it's Lou Lamorello, Chris Lamorello, or somebody else who's brought in, they're going to have to make some trades and some buyouts and some LTIR if it comes to that and figure out how to get back some more cap space to get this team younger, faster, and more skilled. All right, we've got more to get to on today's show. One move that the general manager, whoever it is, absolutely has to make this year. We'll talk about that next on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, here it is. The one move that the GM of the New York Islanders has to make. You have to sign an extension for Ilya Sorokin. Ilya Sorokin is going to earn $4 million next year. And then he is an unrestricted free agent. And guess what? As an unrestricted free agent, the Islanders cannot afford to lose him. They don't have a goalie in their system right now who is even close to NHL ready. And we have discussed on this show so many times and in the comments on YouTube and in emails and, you know, everydayers, you know what I'm talking about. Without Oliver Wallstrom, this hockey team doesn't even sniff the playoffs. Right now, he's earning $4 million a year. That number is probably going to at least double. And there's not a lot of cap space. So, how, I mean, there are a few more players who are going to come off the books by then. But, again, not enough that you're really going to be able to spend that $8 million without making some changes between now and then. But Ilya Sorokin, how good is Ilya Sorokin? They haven't announced the Vesna finalists yet, but when they do, I'm willing to bet he's one of the three. Ilya Sorokin was sixth in the league in goals against average with a 2.34. He played 60 games. None of the other players ahead of him played more than 48. He play, He started 60. He played 62. None of them started more than 48 and played more than 49. Save percentage. Ilya Sorokin, among qualified goalies, third in the league with a 924 save percentage. The only players above him, Linus Olmark of Boston, Philip Gustafson of Minnesota. Olmark played 49 games. Gustafson, 39 games. Sorokin, 62. Shutouts. Ilya Sorokin, numero uno, first in the league. Where is he lacking? And this should be no surprise to anybody who is an Islander fan. Wins. He's ninth 
in wins with 31. Behind, Vitek Vanacek, UC Soros, Andre Vasilevsky, Jake Ottinger, Igor Shosturkin, Connor Hellebuck, Alexander Georgiev, and Linus Olmark. The, the save percentage, the shutouts, and the goals against average tell you how much Ilya Sorokin has carried this team. And the fact that he's ninth in the league in wins illustrates how much that the Islanders' offense has been letting down Ilya Sorokin. you got to get an extension done, and I'll tell you another reason why. First of all, the price, the salary cap goes up. It's going to go up at least another million, million and a half expected next year. But the salaries go up. And this offseason, there will be goalies who are free agents who are going to get big paychecks. And you got to know Ilya Sorokin's agent is just looking at that and saying, my guy's better than this guy who just signed a $9 million contract. Pay me. And you know what? He deserves every dollar he would get. The price is only going to go up. Sorokin is probably going to have another banner year next year. If you get the, the contract signed this offseason instead of waiting for next offseason, you'll probably save somewhere between half a million and a million and a half dollars a year. And that can only help the Islanders who are already up against the cap. Plus which, without Ilya Sorokin, this team will be pretty bad uh, unless they find another elite goalie to replace him. And elite goalies do not grow on trees. All right, time for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And this is a very popular player. And if you grew up an Islander fan in the mid to late 90s, he was probably the most popular player on the team. We're a day early here, but Friday will be the 51st birthday of former Islanders winger Zygmunt Palfi, the Slovakian native, a second-round pick of the Isles back in 1991, 26th overall, so that'd be a first-rounder today. Made his debut with the Isles in 93-94, but put together three straight 40-plus goal seasons on some pretty bad Islanders teams. Uh, 43 goals in 95-96, 48 goals and 90 points, both career highs in 1996-97, and then 45 goals and 87 points in 97-98. Only played 50 games in 98-99 and had 50 points, 22 goals, and then was traded to the LA Kings. Later played for the Pittsburgh Penguins and finished his career in Slovakia. 684 career NHL games, 329 goals, 713 points, 322 penalty minutes. Played in 24 playoff games, but guess what? All of them with the Kings, none of them with the Islanders. During the Fisherman jersey era, he was the face of the franchise, and deservedly so. One of his better games with the Islanders, and there were so many. Home game at the Old Barn, March 5th, 1996. Welcome in the Boston Bruins. Bill Ranford in goal for Boston. Eric Fischow, the netminder for the Isles. And guess what? Ziggy Palfi, a hat trick and an assist. He got the game-winning goal. He scored the three goals on five shots on goal. Two of them coming on the power play as the Islanders beat the Bruins by a score of 5-3. to three. 
None of the goals were empty net goals. So Palfi uh, getting the hat trick the hard way. He gave this team hope while he was here. And, you know, the Islanders just weren't going to pay him back then. They just weren't spending money. And they ended up trading Palfi to L.A., a deal that broke the hearts of a lot of Islander fans. But Ziggy Palfi is our Islanders' birthday of the day. Want to thank everybody for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Every dayers, don't forget, tomorrow on the show, we will start breaking down player by player this roster. Talk about whether this player met expectations or exceeded expectations or fell below expectations. We'll talk about their potential role on the team next year and a whole lot more. So we're going to go player by player uh, through this roster as we begin our off-season evaluations. Until then, have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.